Welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast that deals with the intricacies of planning worship. I'm Cynthia Wilson, the worship executive at Discipleship Ministries. I'm Derek Weber, the director of preaching ministries. And I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchong, the director of music ministries. And together, we'll discuss how to plan worship using the common lectionary, while creating worship series that are engaging and relevant and adaptable for your own church setting. So friends, this is episode seven from the worship area here at Discipleship Ministries. And we're an agency of the United Methodist Church. We, we are located in Music City, Nashville. Uh, we're excited to share Planning Health with you today as you prepare for Palm Sunday and Easter celebrations. So let's get started. So we've come out of a conversation about Holy Week uh, and the days that make up that entire week. But it's important to remember that that week is bookended by two very important Sundays, Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday, and Easter Sunday. So there are several things that you want to pay attention to uh, as you prepare for both of these celebrations. There are some signs and there are some symbols that are important to the preparation for these experiences. One of the important things about Palm Sunday would be crowds. And it may be a a, a little... um, It'll, it may be a little funny to, to talk about the crowds of uh, Palm Sunday and Easter. Uh, sometimes you might hear people talk about them as the, uh, uh, the CME crowds, uh, Christ, the, the Sunday of uh, Christmas and the Sunday of uh, <laughs> Easter and, and the Sundays of Mother's Day, those Sundays when people are making sure that they're in worship services. But the truth of the matter is, it's an incredibly important time uh, to make sure that we are clear about those symbols and those signs that are appearing in these celebrative uh, worship experiences. So the crowd is important. Palm branches are critical. It's important to remember that these palm branches that you're waving on Palm Sunday are going to be the same palm branches that will make for the Wednesday ashes for the following year. I want to talk a little bit about Palm Sunday in particular. Um, And Cynthia talked about things we ought to pay attention to, and I think the first thing we ought to pay attention to is our own soul. Mm. Where are we as we prepare for this event? Where are we as leaders of the church, the worship team, the pastor, the musicians, all of those folks? the sound people, where are we as we prepare for that? And I think the more we pay attention to where we are, the more we help people get to a similar place, a place of excitement and enthusiasm and and preparation and passion for what's going on. What have you done to prepare your uh, worship leaders? Well, what uh, I try to do that early on in the season of Lent as we get ready. We're always looking forward to one of the things that we do is we drop those hints, you know, those hints that Easter's coming. Easter's mm-hmm. coming. We're, we're leaning into that possibility. And yes. as, as I get excited as the preacher and, and lead pastor, then those alongside begin to get excited, too. And I, and I 
thank them for the work they're doing already and the work they're going to do. So there's a sense of gratitude and a sense of appreciation for all the things that are going on. It's, it's being in touch with who and what we are mm -hmm. uh, as we enter into this season. Because I believe so much of the experience of those who gather on these high holy days mm. comes from those who lead. We are yes, yes. the sign and symbol of, <laughs> of how to worship. And, and so the more we enter into that, I think the better we are in terms of preparing our congregations. In, in a sense, the worship leaders are holding both the, the lament and the sorrow of Holy Week it, it, at the same time planning for Easter Sunday. And, and what I'm trying to say is as a musician, weeks and weeks ahead, we're singing requiems and we're singing all the things that we need for Holy Week, which are really, uh, there's a lot of gravity to those, the gravitas. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we're also singing the alleluias that we're going to sing on Sunday, right. Easter Sunday morning. Right. So we're, you know, holding all of that together as worship leaders. And so I think it gives us uh, a different sense than what the congregation knows as a whole, but it also helps us prepare for them and their experience because we're already experiencing it ahead of time. Right, yeah, we're walking through the same thing that we're going to have them walk through. Mm -hmm. But but what's exciting about that, Diana, is that that's where we live. We mm -hmm. always live in yes. that tension between the glory and mm -hmm. the pain, yes. mm -hmm. you know, the suffering and the celebration, all the time that yes. we're in that tension. And, and so this week brings that out uh, in our congregations. And so let's just live into it. Let's, yes. let's don't just soldier through. Let's let's experience that. And even when we make a mistake from time to time in our leading, uh, we can just go with that because that's how we live. Yes. But Palm Sunday and especially, uh, uh, I really want to emphasize as a, as a threshold kind of day. It's a threshold day, meaning that it could be just the sixth Sunday of Lent. It could be just one more Sunday as we mm. prepare ourselves for for what's coming. But it could also be a reflection of the palm event that, that we look at when we read the Gospels and how Jesus came in and made some sort of announcement. <laughs> There's some debate as to what that announcement was and who picked it up. Right. But something was going on, that this was a planned event on, on Jesus' part. And so, therefore, we're celebrating that. And people got on board and they shouted. What's interesting is that not all the Gospels use the word Hosanna. That doesn't appear everywhere. And not all the Gospels say palms. They just say branches. Branches, mm -hmm. yes. So if you don't have palms, then tear off your trees. Just, you know, just grab something. <laughs> it was a way of saying, I want to be seen. Yes. I want to be seen by this person who's coming in. Mm -hmm. So certainly the, the service needs to be about drawing Jesus' attention. Mm. Uh, not that we have to. Jesus is always paying attention. Jesus is always present. But... But there's something in us that says, I want to be seen and, and to raise our hand. One of the things that I've done in the past, because we've had those years where the palms weren't ordered on time or they didn't oh, arrive yes. and we, <laughs> we didn't have all that kind of stuff. But my fallback is always everybody's got a palm, you know, and, and we, let's raise our palms and wave our palms. Uh, our hands are up in the air and so that we can be seen. Mm -hmm. We're drawing Jesus' attention to us as we draw our attention to Jesus. And this should be a celebration. This should be a parade. There needs mm -hmm. to be movement Absolutely. on Palm Sunday. And don't let just the children do it. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> needs to do it somehow. Start at the front door and process, the whole congregation process into the sanctuary. Not just the choir, not just the children, everybody. Let's, yeah. let's move somehow. Uh, dance in the aisles. Uh, move to the front. 
whether you're celebrating communion on that day, some churches do it every week and therefore would have communion then and again on, on Easter. Uh, but whatever you do, bring in some movement in that because there's movement in the crowd in that celebration. And yet, there's also this threshold that says we're entering into the week. As you're saying, Diana, mm -hmm. we've got this other thing to be aware of. Yes, there's this celebration. There's this Hosanna, which literally means save us. Whether the people were aware that's what they were saying or not is some debate biblical scholars have. But, but they're, they're calling on Jesus. Um, and then later they call for his head. They call for his death. They say crucify him. And so this day needs to carry something of that weight. I, when I started my ministry, I believed it should be kept separate. Palm Sunday should just be Palm Sunday because we're doing Monday, Thursday, we're doing Good Friday. But the more I served in the churches, the more I realized, well, we may be doing it, but not everybody is experiencing that. Mm -hmm. We have mm -hmm. congregations where there'd be half of the folks or less who come for the Holy Week services, sure. which means they go from a Palm Sunday parade mm -hmm. to a, a Easter Sunday celebration without that journey in the middle. So I think we have to come back to this idea that says there's a there's a slash on our calendar, yes. Palm slash mm -hmm. Passion, Passion Sunday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do we carry both elements in that? And one of the ways I've found in the past is music. Music can help us make that transition from absolutely, one to the other. absolutely. Certainly, when we walk in on on Palm Sunday morning, we've got the Hosanna, loud Hosanna. Uh, the uh, so many wonderful songs that we have already at our fingertips. Uh, Mantos y Palmas, the Spanish mm -hmm. song that, again, I always had children leading that with maracas and singing that um, as we entered into the sanctuary. But as Derek says, somewhere in the middle of that service, things take a turn. And the music can really help us direct that as we sing, uh, What Wondrous Love Is This?, uh, when I survey the wondrous cross. Um, so the music starts to focus us on the passion of Christ and leave the wonderful parade and the loud hosannas behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would often ask the children or whoever was carrying the palms to just lay them down, mm -hmm. just lay them on the floor. Because I, I imagined in that New Testament story that there were palms still laying on the streets mm. when they were tramping over mm. them, shouting for Jesus' blood. Yes. You know, so just lay them down and let's move from one to the other. As a preacher, there was always that debate. Okay, so how am I going to, am I preaching two sermons? Do I preach a Palm Sunday sermon and then a, a, a Passion Sunday sermon? And there's part of me that says, yes, of course I want to do that. But most congregations aren't ready to take <laughs> right? two sermons on a, on a Sunday morning. So... So what I did over the past years is I had a, a children's sermon or a commentary on the, on the Palm Sunday story. Mm. would read the Palm Sunday story and just draw attention to that and, and enjoy that moment and experience that moment. But then instead of preaching, in the second half of the service would simply tell the Passion story. Um, either tell it first person, um, I would memorize the couple of chapters of that and, and just tell it mm -hmm. just straight from the scripture or would read it or have different people read it. Some, and you can go through and pull out the different characters in that and, and read it as reader's theater or something like that. But just let the story tell itself, that you don't have to comment on it, you don't have to expound on it. The story communicates a lot in and of itself. But let that moment be the moment that you send them out with, I believe, mm -hmm. because that then carries you over into the week to come and then, and then preparing for Easter Sunday. I 
I know several churches that also um, do the stripping of the sanctuary at right. the end of the Palm Sur- Sunday service, rather than reserving it for Holy Thursday, which is usually when that's done. So it, it doesn't have to be uh, a stripping of everything in the front, but a symbolic stripping of the um, the cross and the pyramids, and we would close the the lid on the organ and on the piano, and uh, it really sets that mm-hmm. tone for Holy Week. And it's visual, it's oral, um, and people know something is about to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked before about the fact that not every congregation to celebrates or observes Monday Thursday or Good Friday, right, so they right. go directly mm-hmm. from Palm Sunday to Easter, so that would be symbolic um, for that congregation, and you're still within uh, the framework of these special rituals uh, that are embodied within Holy Week. One of my favorite parts of that passage of Scripture, the the whole Palm Sunday piece, is the idea of um, Jesus sending them for the colt or the donkey. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, with such a, a celebrative, processional, festive, and majestic, one would think, why a donkey, you know? Mm. Why not a stallion? Right, or, sure. um, but there is some, a, 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 a phrase that I often use when I was in the local church. Jesus said, tell them that the Lord has need of it. Mm. And I can recall uh, certain times when persons were really seeking their place in the congregation and they were trying to figure out, how do I fit in this faith community? What is it that God is calling me to? Uh, and I would often find myself saying to someone, the Lord has need of you. Mm. And my, my choir members would say to me all the time, Reverend C., when we hear you say that, we know to get out of the way. <laughs> it's a, a prophetic word uh, in, in some ways, but it, at the same time, it's a, a place of humility. It's a place where we understand uh, that we disappear. It's uh, none of us and all of Jesus. And so that, that idea of uh, a donkey, something that's less, less majestic, but that which comes as just as I am, Mm-hmm. Without and one hum- plea. Humbly. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we miss that, I think, sometimes in the actual story, mm-hmm. that this uh, s- this posture of humility lives alongside this posture of Hosanna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we often focus on what we do. Right. You know, we r- wave the branches. We do right. the shouting and all that. But what is he doing? And I, I think drawing our attention to the fact that Jesus is in charge yes. of this event. Yes. And that's part of that remembering as the worship leaders, that yes. Jesus is in charge of right. the worship. Jesus is in charge of the experience. I, when I would teach preaching, I would always say, it's not your sermon in the end. And, and you can't always control what mm-hmm. God's going to do mm-hmm. with it. You know, so you have to let it go in yeah. the end. So we prepare the best we can. We right. we do all the rehearsals and the practice and the mm, thinking mm-hmm. and the planning, mm-hmm. but in the end we let it go. Yes, because he's in control. <laughs> yes, he, he's going to mm-hmm. take it, and and so he's going to design it the way he wants to design <laughs> right. it, uh, and it may not fit our image right. or what we thought was going to happen. Absolutely. That's. Uh, I would often have people come out and say that was a great sermon about X, and I said I didn't say anything about X, but they heard that right. Mm-hmm. 
they heard that yes. because that's what Jesus was doing yes. in the midst of all of that. And so we have to pay attention to that. And well, a lo- go ahead, go ahead, Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say alongside that humility, we find a sense of stewardship. Mm-hmm. And, and I refer to uh, the fact that people actually took off uh, their garments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they gave them up in a, as a sign of uh, an offering mm-hmm. uh, for the one who they had been looking for. Uh, but this is what I have, such as I have. Right. I give to thee, and so it's a it's a sign, another sign of the the spirit of Christ, mm-hmm. a, a spirit that is uh, humble, but a spirit that is giving, and uh, a, a spirit that suggests that we have to be good stewards over even the little bit, because the little becomes much uh, when God is in it. I, I had an associate pastor once I was working with who who was preaching on on Palm Sunday, and he talked about that stewardship piece and said that. By giving that, they were giving something precious to them. Yes. It would be equivalent to us laying our wallets and our purses yes. down. Mm-hmm. And so he said, when you come forward a little bit later, lay your wallets down there. And some people did. Ah. But I think they also stood there watching. And, and <laughs> what does it mean to sacrifice? Yes. What does it mean to give mm-hmm. of ourselves in, in this moment? That's a precursor mm-hmm. to what Friday's going to be, That's isn't right. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. a surrender yes. of precious stuff, <laughs> stuff we hold what? sometimes too yes. closely. What shall I render? That's right. Mm-hmm. Unto yeah. God. Well, and you were uh, we were mentioning that uh, some there are those folks that will come on on uh, Palm Sunday, and we won't see them again until Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. So something that you might consider giving them are the devotionals that have been written for this week. Oh, excellent! And so you'll find those on our website, right. and each day uh, make copies of those and put them out there in the in you know in front of the church or hand them out. Um, but Perhaps they won't come back, but they can still walk the the whole week with us. Right, especially if we point it out. I mean, if we if we end the service have some sort of reference to yes. the beginning of of the passion of of Jesus, then then I think we've set the tone, and they may do it on their own. They may read the devotional or or something else. You mm-hmm. know, there are lots of things that we could recommend uh, for that. Uh, but but we've got to point the way. We've got to set it up so that we. That's can our job, that. I think. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And Derek, you did a great job with those devotionals. I really appreciate mm-hmm. how you actually laid them out, and it reminded me of some of the experiences that I had mm-hmm. as a child during this high holy season. Uh, I come from a family of six. I five brothers and me, <laughs> uh, and I can remember that. I was the only one that had to wear Easter dress. My brothers didn't have to, and I hated it. (laughs) But when I would arrive at church, there was something about being in this, this, um, Mm. this attire uh, that made it even more special Mm -hmm. uh, as a part of this community, this faith community that's celebrating and 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 creating memories Mm -hmm. as you talked about uh, the other day diana creating these wonderful lifelong memories uh, of easter i remember the sunday that i was baptized it was an easter sunday Mm -hmm. and it was raining cats and dogs (laughs) i I grew up in new orleans i grew up in the ninth ward and in the ninth ward uh, we had gutters we didn't really have the kind of drainage, sophisticated mm-hmm. drainage that some other places in the city had. So the, in front of every house, gutters were dug. 
And because it was so, um, the rain was so heavy, the gutters were filled. And so I wasn't able to see where to walk across to get to the sidewalk and walked right into the gutter. I was baptized twice that day. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, Cynthia. No wonder you're so special. (laughs) Doubly anointed. But but my dad dad was the one who baptized me. My dad was also a pastor. And I, I can remember looking up in his eyes and saying, I'm not going to drown, right? (laughs) You're not going to let me drown, are you? (laughs) That brings to mind the sacraments and the part that the sacraments play on Easter Sunday. Derek, do you want to talk a little bit about that? I would love to. I I think Easter is made for sacraments and and that we shouldn't try to to keep them all away from that because of the crowd. I've been told in some places where I've preached on Easter Sundays, says, oh, there are too many people who don't know our traditions, don't know what's going on. It would be inhospitable to, to do the sacrament, to have Holy Communion or to perform baptisms. I said, no, no, this is who we are. Yes. This is the essence of, of who we are. It is our primary way of including mm. and inviting folks to come and be a mm. part of that. I think Easter ought to include baptism and communion mm. every time. Mm. We, should, we should design it that way. And if there are no baptisms to be done in, in your community, then do the remembrance of baptism mm-hmm. as a part mm-hmm. of that too. Mm-hmm. And use water, sprinkle, sprinkle people with water as they come into that. I think yes. the, the physical experience of water helps us remember a little bit better. So, yes. so let's, let's do that. Let's build that up. We call Easter the highest holy day that we have mm-hmm. let's let's make it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. by wrapping the the sacraments around that and and communion as well we we talk about communion uh, and the logistics of it because we have to mm-hmm. um, and and we're daunted by the fact that we may be in a congregation that has a big crowd and mm-hmm. more than we're used to and we're not quite sure how to handle it mm-hmm. um, but that's part of the fun, mm-hmm. I think. It's like it's like when the family gets together and you're bumping elbows at the table, right? You're, we're, somebody took my spot. My daughter came to visit us recently, and she sat in my seat, for heaven's <laughs> sakes, at the table. I had to sit in a different seat. Right? <laughs> heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. Well, that's what happens on Easter Sunday. People come into their pew, in my and there's seat. a visitor sitting there. What is wrong with these people? <laughs> but that's part of the excitement about that. And the same with communion. The lines may be longer. It may take a little while to do that, but but enjoy that. Find a way. Sing more songs. Exactly. Yep. Play more music. <laughs> just enjoy the experience. I think Easter ought to be the most fun day yes. of, of all the years. I think every Sunday ought to be yes. fun. It ought to be an experience that people walk away from smiling. But uh, but certainly Easter ought to be. It ought to be more like a party mm-hmm. than, than uh, any other day. Yes, a banquet and, feast. And, and the other day we were having a discussion about this. You all re- recall, um, and I, I think it was you, Derek, that talked about that communion experience yes. being a little different from what, those right. who celebrate Monday right. Thursday communion. Mm-hmm. And so for those of you who are listening, uh, maybe you might want to use the process of intinction for Thursday, but then on Sunday, you may want to do a different way of serving. You may want to serve each other. Right. Um, but these are uh, two very different kinds of experiences when it comes to the Eucharist. Certainly the, the style of serving can change uh, and ought to change, I think, certainly from Thursday, the, mm-hmm. the Monday, Thursday, around a table, uh, more intimate, and Sunday is you know, the, the, the party uh, experience of that. 
but it's not just the style, but it's also the mood. Mm-hmm. What music do you mm-hmm. play underneath? Oh, right. You yeah. know, and, and how oh, do you yes. come forward? I, I always tell people on Easter Sunday that they should dance down mm-hmm. to receive the elements rather than just stroll. <laughs> you know, it's not a funeral experience on, on Easter Sunday morning. We're not there to observe the body. We're there to celebrate with the living body that, that's there. So let's, let's make it more fun with that. And I, and I think the sermon ought to do that, too. The preacher ought to do that. I, I am one who believes I'm, of course, I'm the director of preaching ministries. So I ought to say this. You ought to preach on, on Easter <laughs> Sunday. Don't say, well, because all these people are here and we've got all this other stuff, I should not preach. Maybe you don't preach a 45-minute sermon, right. but, but the word ought to be proclaimed. Yes, but it ought to be right. a word of joy yes. and celebration, not of explanation. Yes. Don't explain what happened. We don't know, <laughs> for heaven's sakes. I mean, we have ideas and we have theologies and we have interpretations. But we're not there to explain on right. Easter Sunday. We're there to celebrate. So we're celebrate there to and invite and encourage. A word of hope. Mm-hmm. I think that's yes. what people are hungry for yes. right now. Yes. Maybe for you know for the last two thousand years. But hope <laughs> yeah. is what I, I hope to get every time I go to worship right. to f- get that. And word. And, and to to uh, catalyze on on the uh, observation that you made about the Good Friday early Sunday mm-hmm. morning mm-hmm. piece, mm-hmm. that is a critical observation for uh, the black community to know that 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 hope does exist even in the midst of crucifixion. Yep. It so. may be Friday, but Sunday's coming. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's really Amen. what Duke Ellington was writing about when he did the Come Sunday piece, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's day. the day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that, that's what helps us endure whatever situation we're in now, mm-hmm. you know, because we know that that's not the final word. That's right. That mm-hmm. we're looking forward to something else. Now, something that we have done in, in my church is um, we put the alleluias away for Lent. I don't know if you all do that as well, mm-hmm. but uh, if we're singing the Alleluia's in um, the doxology, we intentionally choose other doxologies, mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. songs that don't have any Alleluia's. So when we come to Easter Sunday, we can celebrate uh, with those Alleluia's. Christ the Lord is risen today. Alleluia. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that in some churches, I haven't done this myself, but they'll actually bury the alleluias and the symbolic the symbol for the alleluias are are little bells and so they'll take the children and they'll actually bury them in the churchyard somewhere (laughs) and then they unearth them on easter sunday and bring them back into the church and many churches bring in a bell tree all that uh, that Mm -hmm. wonderful symbolism so alleluias really help us in our uh, celebration of easter uh thinking about back at uh, Holy Communion, we were talking mm-hmm. about the communion settings for Maundy Thursday or Holy Thursday. On Easter Sunday, pick something that is in a major key. Of course. <laughs> Obviously, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Something that's stately and wonderful. And one of my favorites is Mark Miller's version, which is in the faith we sing. And it's got this um, part in there that says, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest. And so, and that, that part plays over and over again. It's very celebratory, mm-hmm. very singable. People love it. You mean for th- the service, for the actual liturgy for the communion. of communion? For the liturgy right. of okay. communion. Good. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of the doxology, many communities do use the La Sunser Freuen. Uh, that's a well-known tune, and it has the alleluias to it. And if you go to our website, you're going to find a wonderful setting for four hands, so two players at the piano, mm-hmm. um, and making that much more 
rich and celebratory on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about spirituals for this Lenten season, and there's a spiritual on page 316 in the United Methodist hymnal, and it's called He Rose. (laughs) And it's so delightful. And again, if the congregation doesn't know it, the choir can sing it and teach them the refrain, He Rose, He Rose, He Rose Up From The Grave. So think about using that. If you're in a more modern setting, modern worship setting, you might think about Mighty to Save, which is a Hillsong worship song. There's Christ is Risen by Phil Wickham. And there's a wonderful Hosanna for Easter by Kirk Franklin. I listened to this recently, and I I think Kirk Franklin's music echoes the african-american spirituals but in the 21st century and it's just beautiful so there's a lot of ways you can celebrate easter with rich music that is singable and that helps bring up our experience of Mm -hmm. easter Mm -hmm. one of the keys is pulling out the stops (laughs) the (laughs) the the phrase that you on the organ or whatever right Mm -hmm. and and everybody has a different setting and everybody has different abilities and different team members and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So it isn't necessarily that we all have to do the same thing, but we have to do whatever we can do. We have right. to mm-hmm. cultivate the folks who may not be upfront very often, but this is a time to bring someone new yeah, up to use sing what or you to got. play or something. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and go out and, and rattle the bushes a little bit to find <laughs> who's there. You yes. may never have asked before, you know, mm-hmm. who else could play or who else could sing. And this is the Sunday to, to bring them up to do that. If you've got that high school student that plays the trumpet, Easter cries for trumpet. Yes, and right. those trumpet descants on those hymns, yes, use those. Or drums, or play two or three bells as an obligato um, mm-hmm. or an ostinato with some of these hymns. All those resources are there. And I agree, Derek, use as many people, get as many people up in the chancel area to lead on Easter Sunday. And dancers in the aisles. Amen. Yeah. Movement is so important is. Oh. with fabric, mm-hmm. billowy fabric <laughs> and right. ribbons and just and, and every generation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just have to be the children. It doesn't have, have to be only youth, but it can be a, a little bit of everyone. And the movement can be as simple as just moving a ribbon up and down. Mm-hmm. Yes. The idea is that there is a sense of life. Right. Uh, and aliveness mm. in the worship experience. Amen. It's a, it's a spectacle, but not for spectacle's sake. Right. It's a spectacle to celebrate life, as, yes. as you're saying, Cynthia. It is a way of saying we are alive. Yes. You know, on Palm Sunday, we're trying to draw Jesus' attention. Well, now we've got it, and we're trying to get the world's attention to, mm-hmm. to the life that is in yes. us. You yes. know, it should spill out uh, into the community around us. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, if when you're going to receive communion, dance your way sure, up there. Yeah. And that is liturgical dance work. Mm-hmm. Our congregations, every time they take communion, yes. they get up out of their chairs, they okay, actually go, there's movement. If there's yeah. um, renewal of baptism and they're coming forward to touch the water, that's another liturgical mm-hmm. dance that's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, give them a ribbon, ribbon. get them sure. more involved. That yes. would be really amazing. Mm-hmm. Well. One of my my memories, Cynthia, you were sharing one of yours. One of mine of of Easter Sunday is sunrise service. Mm. I love sunrise service. And I'm a person who still likes to get up before the sun does Mm -hmm. and see the sun come up. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> and yeah, I'm a morning person. I'll say it. Yep. And so um, getting up early, getting dressed in our best mm. Easter outfit. Mm. Yeah, we couldn't wear the new shoes or the dress until we had presented it at church. Yeah. On Easter, then I could wear it other places. <laughs> and being outside, so we didn't have sunrise obviously inside. We were outside. That's different. Wow. And sitting out in the courtyard and having communion and singing with a guitar, it, it was just this is so cool. I kept thinking that every time. And then one of the best parts was after the service, there was breakfast. <laughs> that was the good part. That was the good part. We had pancakes and sausage and bacon. And those things were not things that we ate at my house normally. So that was a treat. And it was a United Methodist man every year that would supply the sure. breakfast. And, you know, I, I kind of lament that that's sort of gone away because I think that that's a wonderful way to celebrate Easter uh, sunrise service to have that gathering in the morning and then have a meal afterwards. Right. I know there are many churches that have an Easter sunrise in the community and invite various mm -hmm. churches to join together, mm -hmm. perhaps at a park or mm -hmm. um, at a food truck uh, venue. I mean, there's a lot of venues out there. So make some of those memories because mm -hmm. that's something that will always stick in my head is those wonderful Easter sunrise services. Yeah, I, I think Easter sunrise services are fading away, unfortunately, and I remember them from my childhood as well. Mm -hmm. And early in my ministry, I loved loved doing it. I'm not a morning person, but on Easter, I am. You know? <laughs> on Easter, anybody's because you a stayed morning up person. For, for well, that's vigil. part of it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But there's but there's just an excitement about greeting that Sunday yes. very early on. Uh -huh. on that Sunday morning. Yeah. Well, the story that I thought of uh, actually is not that old. It wasn't when I was a child. It was when I was a pastor serving a church. And and uh, I came in early. We didn't have a sunrise service, but I came. I always came in early to get prepared for, for preaching and, and leading worship. And I came into my office, and my phone was blinking. There was a message. Mm. And I thought, oh, no, I, I'll save that for later. I got too many things to worry about. Uh, but it kept blinking and it bothered me. So I finally, I answered it. It was Easter Sunday morning and I answered or picked it up to get the voicemail. And it was the chaplain of the local hospital and one of our dear saints who who had been hospitalized and was very ill had died um, mm. that Saturday night. And he wanted me to know so that we could let the congregation know. Um, and and I listened to that and he talked about the death and that. And I thought, oh my gosh, on this day, you yes. know, on this day to have this person who so many people loved and I loved, she was a choir member. She was very active in the church mm -hmm. and just a, a, you know, a sign of, of life and hope. And, and, and she died. And, and then I went to, to lead worship. Wasn't sure how to make that announcement or whether to make that announcement or to save it for another time or to do it informally. And I saw her family there, mm. her wow. husband and her kids wow. were all there. Wow. And she had just died wow. that night before. And afterwards, I spoke to them and and the husband said, well, where else would we go okay. on mm. Easter Sunday? Yes. Right? Amen. And so when I announced it, when I saw them there, I thought we need to let people know. And I announced it. And I said, but I have to tell you that the chaplain got it wrong, that she was resurrected mm. last night. Mm. And, and that's our story yes, to the it world, is. That, that death <laughs> is not the frightening thing. Mm. You know, it's painful. And, and we grieve and we miss those uh, who have died. But we have a different vision. We yes. have a different image of that. And that's our proclamation to the world. Absolutely. And Dr. It, King said 
that death is not a period that marks the end right. of this life, but a comma, but a comma. that lifts yeah. it to loftier significance. <laughs> Amen. Yes. And so that day, in some ways more than any other Easter I can remember, we lived it. Yes. We lived that hope. We we celebrated that. And, and I had planned, as I often did, a grand celebration. And, and wow. I was actually a little intimidated when I saw the family come in. I thought, oh, my, they're going to be too sad. But they joined in. Mm-hmm. They celebrated along with us. And they came and they thanked us, thanked the congregation for being a spot of joy in their moment of grief. They had days of grieving to come. We had a service sure. uh, later in the week uh, after Easter. But but in that moment, you know, we witness. embrace the, the possibilities oh. and the hope and the promise of what Hallelujah. we're all about. Amen. Yeah, it was a great, a great day. Wow. wow. I just love talking to you all. <laughs> uh, we hate to uh, wrap this up, but we do want to say how much we appreciate you joining us once again. We want you to remember that um, you can find more of this information on our website. You can find it at umcdiscipleship.org. And until the next time, may God bless you in your worship ministries and the memories that you continue to make uh, and encourage you to continue to know beyond the shadow of a doubt the Lord has need of you. Be blessed. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.